everyone. Thanks for watching or if you're listening to episode 36 of VIP Boxing's Bell to Bell podcast. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, great. Or if you downloaded for a listens on iTunes and Spotify on the way to work, if you're not working from home, a nice review would really help us if you can do that. So appreciate all of you people that do leave a review. I'm Steve Lillis, as usual, my friend down the road from me, John Evans. You okay, John, or is your, is your back still playing you up? Uh-huh. Back still playing up, but good apart from that, Steve. Got a bit of a bit of a lulling action in, with the British British scene at the minute, haven't we? But a uh, world That's series right. kicking off. Yeah, it is. Yeah, well, top rank. I think is it the third week running they got coming up on Sky? Is it yeah. second or third week? Um, special guest this week, a man who would certainly be on my shortlist for one of the hardest working men in British boxing. I can think of two others up there you could have a vote for. Um, manager, trainer, matchmaker, and what he's not doing anything to do with boxing he's writing a script or doing stuff with his daughter who's uh i think's a budding actress it's mr john Pegg, all the way from birmingham john thanks for coming on ah uh, pleasure mate it's always good to see you pair and have a chat about boxing where where do you put yourself in the hardest working men in britain i'll tell you what i've got with you carl greaves and mike yeah. goodall you're you're the third person on the list and i don't know how i could divvy it up no, they work far harder than me. Oh, I don't know about that. I, I, I'll go for the cleverest one. I just look like I'm working. <laughs> you know, as, you, as you said, Steve, my good all and Carl would not find the time to make a film or write a script. <laughs> but, so I'm, obviously, I'm obviously looking like I'm working harder than I am. I tell you what, you love boxing, but I tell you what, Carl Greaves, he's just 24-7. He must wake up in the morning and ask his missus to start talking to his missus about boxing. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Well, once I'm in the house, unless my, my son's watching a fight with me, there's not a lot of boxing talk. Really? It's that's strictly, interesting, that. Yeah, yeah, it's strictly work, gym, shows. Once I'm in the house, unless I'm doing a bit of matching, I don't think about it. Yeah, that's good. Hey, I'll tell, tell you what, a film about Mike Gull, following Mike Goodall around would be good, wouldn't it? Oh, I'll tell you what, <laughs> it would be. Be a yeah. horror movie. <laughs> hey, what? I, I don't think in this uh, with him shouting and hollering at people who get in his way I don't think the BBC would be buying it or Channel 4 anyway for their woke culture <laughs> it would be box, boxing's version of one foot in the grave wouldn't it Victor Meldrew <laughs> uh, right okay we'll get away with round one you know how it works John three minutes each round at the end of the f- end of each three minutes John gets that bell going so John have you got your timer ready timer's ready Seconds out, round one. Right, well, it's the return of uh, Lomachenko this week. It's first appearance since Tiafimo Lopez beat him. And uh, at the time, you know, it didn't take people longer who were calling him high-tech Loma, you know, uh, the Matrix. He lost to Lopez, and they were putting him in the back of a loft with the T's maids, <laughs> the Betamaxes, and the Sinclair C5s, weren't they? Just binned him off completely. I'd, he's still one of the greatest fighters on the planet. I, I think if he was at super featherweight, I think he'd be unbeatable and one of the greatest ever but he's fighting at lightweight uh, expecting to get back up and running this week and the thing I like about Loma is he's been a bad loser about this hasn't he, you can tell he's really bothered him and I I think that might just drive him on for for one last big run at lightweight, I I still think we might see the best of Lomachenko and let's hope he can get back up and running I would have liked to have seen him drop down to super featherweight, but, you know, he wants he, he obviously wants to stay at lightweight. He's getting a bit older, I guess. Maybe it's harder to get that bit of weight off, but I still think he could make it. Uh, 
Masayoshi, um, is it Nakatini? Yeah. He's, you know, it's a fight he should win, but it's not a gimme after that loss. Fighters have come back with harder fights and he beat um, Felix Vadejo last time, distance with Lopez. My, my only thing with, with Lomachenko now is the motivation still there. I know, you know, he's been bitter, as you say, John. He's very wealthy and he's fought at the highest level for 14, 15 years, if you include the amateur career. And there has been no gentle introductions or, you know, times where he's taken two, three years out to rest or to, or to fight nobodies? I think Lomachenko's style relies on reflexes, sharpness, and being on top of your game. I honestly think his quality will show and he'll, and he'll have the motivation. But I think with Lomachenko's style, once you start to go down that slippery slope, you're not getting back up it. I, I, don't, I, I think we've seen his best and we'll still, still see some good nights. I don't think we'll ever see him at his peak again. I, I, I just wonder if, you know, if the loss to Lopez, I, I think there's three reasons for it. One, I don't think he's a natural lightweight. Two, Lopez is very, very good. And three, I, I just think he overthought it. You know, he waited until the sixth round. I don't know if he thought Lopez was tight at the weight and he'd come on late. But I, I just think he was trying to be too clever about it. Yeah, then if, he, if he just goes about his business as natural... I think he still think he's got the beating of God, ninety nine point nine percent of the lightweights on the planet. Yeah, I thought he should have could have gone to super featherweight. There's fights there that can easily be made, like the Valdez fight, the Herring fight. They're all in that top rank camp. I'm just a bit surprised he's staying at lightweight because even before the Lopez fight, he was the one, you know, doubting how long he'd stay there or what he'd do, and he was adamant he wouldn't go any further. So I just find that a bit, well, not a bit surprising, really. So I think Lopez has got his beat in whatever. Maybe it's part of being a bad loser. Maybe he feels like he's got something to prove at lightweight and that's why he's sticking around. Okay, round two. When will a star shine? Um, I'll tell you when I come up with this. I was searching around news now today, just looking around boxing stories, trying to pick a topic for this tonight. And suddenly I looked down news now, you know, the, the, the site that gives you, you know, every all the boxing stories to click on. And everything there was sort of these freak fights or YouTubers, virtually every headline, you know, it regarded either, you know, Anderson Silver versus Chavez Jr., which I won't talk about at the moment because I think John wants to speak about that later. Logan Paul, Jake Paul, you know, Roy Jones Jr. fighting Anderson Silver. Tyson versus Holyfield. And I just wonder, where, where, where are that these mainstream stars in boxing? We talk about things like the welterweight division and how great it is, you know, you know, with these fighters like Spence, Crawford. But when they, you know, none of these guys are breaking into the mainstream. Even Teofimo Lopez, you know, he's getting a lot of money for the Cambolosis fight, which has been pushed back to August. But it's on Triller. They're not on mainstream, these guys. And you're getting guys like, you know, Jake Paul, who's got this big deal with Showtime. They're getting all the attention. And I just wonder, how is boxing going to create its next superstar? No, um, do you know what, Steve? It's funny because people think, because we've got so much um, exposure and social media now, people think this is a new thing. But all the way through boxing... Muhammad Ali fought a wrestler who wriggled round on his back. Good he was point, going to fight yeah. a basketball player. Tony Galento fought an octopus. How many ex-boxers have gone into wrestling when they've finished boxing? It's not a new thing. Boxers are showmen. Boxers are kind of entertainers. You know how to do physical fighting or activity. When they can't box anymore, they find other ways to do it. 
this isn't a new thing. Boxers have always been involved, but because we see every aspect of it every day, people think it's a new thing. This has been happening since the dawn of time. The boxers go into someone else and make a few quid when they can't box at the top level. It's just happening more, more now that we can see it and it's being shown all the time. This isn't a new thing, you know what I mean? I, I, I think the boxers should be capitalising on this. You know, boxing, there's no sport like boxing for characters, is there? You know, it's, no. it's incredible. Every gym's got a character in it. Surely they should be capitalising on this, on the YouTube thing, on ride its coattails, make yourself a star, you know? So what if some YouTuber's got a few thousand followers, you know? John, people like to moan. That's it. the problem. Yeah. People like yeah, to moan. Yeah, they I... like to moan about something that they want to talk and say, well, it's not as good as it was in my day or it's not as good as in the 70s. No matter what boxing is doing, it's very 80% of the people will, will moan about it. They won't yeah. look at the positives. They won't find something good out of it. And that's human nature, really. Well, this has been happening in boxing since the dawn of boxing. This isn't new. This isn't people, oh, it's going downhill. Uh, round three. John, and you want to talk about a book that's coming out this week? Yep, I want to talk about Peter Buckley, the king of the journeyman, uh, a, a, a fellow Brummie, 300 professional fights. People don't realise quite how tough that is. When you yeah. think about a veteran fighter who's had 30, 35 fights, they've had a long, hard career. Because make no mistake, Peter hasn't just boxed four and six rounders. Peter's won 10 rounders. Peter's boxed 12 rounders abroad. So when you think of someone having 30 fights and a long, hard career, now times that by 10, times it by 10 in the away corner when you wasn't a real experienced amateur and you're fighting Nazim Hamed, you're fighting Asselino Frites, you're fighting Leilo Ledwaba, you're fighting over 20 British champions, you're fighting over 15 future or former world champions. Think about that. And then I'm talking to the man on an interview yesterday at 52, and he's as sharp as a button. He remembers his first amateur fight. He remembers the scorecards when he won the Midlands title. This is a guy who everybody needs to buy that book and read it. The king of the journeyman, Peter Buckley. Tell us what you think about him, Steve. Oh, mate, I'll just, I know John, John goes, might have seen him more than me. You know what? I just lo love, you talk about characters in boxing, you know, the, the lack of characters now. Peter was one of them. He's seen the pretty quiet fella. But my memory of always of guys like him and Johnny Greaves, they'll be at the back of your call before a fight and they'll be outside having a cheeky puff, you know, yeah. half hour for their fight. And the, the conversation wouldn't be, it would be like two fellas who are having a sandwich waiting to go in and, you know, waiting to go and paint a wall or something. And, you know builders. and that'd be the conversation. It would be, where are you next week? Oh, I'm there next week. Oh, I fought him last, last week. You'll get through against him. Watch the sneaky right hand and all that. It's quite incredible. And you know what's amazing, Steve? Johnny Greaves is an eight-and-eight -eight road warrior who found it really tough to get to his 100th fight. He yeah, he did. Said yeah. He was just about falling apart by the time he, he yes, got right. there. Peter's done it three times. Yeah. He's done what a road warrior who had to get through a really hard career did, and he's done it three times over. It's quite amazing what Peter Buckley's done. And I think the book is more than deserved, and I think it's going to be a great read. And I've done the foreword, so I'm very pleased about that. <laughs> was, uh, Christian Lake got to 300 as well, didn't he? And I, how remarkable these fellas are. I vividly remember the only time I saw Christian get stopped, and I must have seen him 100 times. And I was there, he got done with one shot. 
And it was that rare occurrence. I vividly remember Kerry Evans did him in a... Kerry Evans. Kerry Evans That's got him. While I was managing Christian Light, he had one stoppage loss in 220 fights. <laughs> That's why, because he only got stopped five times. But Christian did it on a lower level than Peter. Yeah, and Christian that's what makes Peter the king of Yeah, Peter was like an area champion at two different weights. Right, um, uh, round four. Yeah, another one of the, super, the sports superstars fought recently. Um, Neuer Inouye. Now, I, I think you can probably put Canelo and maybe Crawford as the most complete all-round fighters in the world at the minute. But I don't think there's a more destructive one than Inouye. He can take you out to the body, to the head. He can do it early. He can take you late. It's, it's one-shot power. He can put punches together. He's vicious. He's nasty. His timing is just incredible. Um, you normally like think of devastating power as people like Wilder or Golovkin. But anyway, he's been doing this throughout the weights against world-class operators, straight from virtually turning professional. I just think he's the most devastating, dangerous fighter on the planet at the moment. One of the reasons he's so dangerous, I find as well, because unlike a lot of big punchers, he can also take a good punch himself. So even when he's coming forward, you know, a lot of these big punches, you think, well, if I catch him, he'll go. But he's that, you know, he can actually take it on the way in as well, which makes him for me even more dangerous than a lot of the other big punchers. Yeah. You know what? What I'm loving about him at the moment. You know, there's been these flyweights, bantamweights, superflies for years who have been special fighters, but they haven't got the attention. Anui is making these little big men trendy and hip, aren't, you know, hipsters love him, as they would say in football terms. And, you know, you think someone like the Mexican flyweight, Ricardo Lopez, who was, a, you know, also left the trail of destruction and he never got nowhere near the attention that Anui's doing. And it's great that Anui is bringing in this crowd and, you well, not crowd, bringing in the people, getting people to watch his fights. You know, when would, you know, a Japanese bantamweight or even, a, you know, one of these great, would headline a show on ESPN and big American networks? It's unheard of. And you can just see now him fighting the winner of Denair Casimero and Rigondor being given more money to step aside for the second time. You just see that happening after, after Casimero and Denair fight. I, I think it I... says it all that you've got someone who's eight stone six, about five foot five, five foot six, and his nickname is Monster, yeah. and nobody even <laughs> blinks. Nobody even questions that an eight stone six man is called Monster. I saw, um, I know, uh, like in the, the Mayweather gym over there in Vegas, we don't have much time for anybody who fights outside the West Coast, really, do they? I saw a little clip of uh, Javante Davis in the gym this week. And he was showing people videos of Inoue. He said, this little Japanese, he didn't even know his name, but he said, I watched this little Japanese guy and he's really good. And he was showing everyone in the, in the gym the video. So if people like Javante and the Mayweather gym are starting to take notice, then uh, Inoue's well on his way to it's making it's waves, isn't he? It's a bit... Oh, okay, right, round four. I just want to talk about um, Sonny Edwards. Um, I, I'll bring this topic up last week, but um, something overtook it and I'm a bit... I've, I've, I saw Sonny Edwards a couple of weeks ago at a Fight Zone show in Sheffield. I don't know if you've been to any of them, John, and, and Sonny's at every single one of them, it seems. And what, what Sonny is, you know, just look at him, you know, how well he lives. He is just an example of how every world champion should be living. You know, he looks, he looks well. 
you know, he's back in the gym. And you know what? He's got this reputation on social media, but I spent quite a bit of time with him at a show there a couple of weeks ago. And the way he conducts himself with people, with every photo, it's not just, you know, arm round, turn away. There's a there's dialogue with him and people. I just think he, he gets this stick on social media, but he conducts himself so well around people. Um, and secondly, he lives like a champion. I saw him, when I saw him, it was two weeks ago, he looked magnificent. You know, and he, he should he could still be celebrating that, you know, that win. And I just think he's a great example to two fighters who are up and coming. You know what? I've got a slightly funny story about Sonny Edwards. He boxed Brett Fido and uh, he kind of stood Brett on his head, to be honest. And he was very impressive, which is hard to do in your second fight against Brett. And his brother was there um, supporting him at ringside. Brett got changed. He come out and they're both, they're both standing there next to each other. And Brett turns around and goes to Charlie Edwards, you're very good, but your brother's better. <laughs> and Charlie Edwards' face corners as if to say, I can't believe you just said that. He went, oh, uh, he went, no, no, he says, I'm not being disrespectful. You are very good. It's just that he's better than you. Sonny Edwards had the biggest grin on his face. And I was like, yeah, get to the point, Brett. Don't worry about being too blunt. You know what I mean? Yeah, do you know what we were saying about people capitalising on this social media and following on the back of these YouTubers to get attention. Well, Sonny's the perfect example. There you go, a flyweight in Britain who's not a big puncher, but he's made himself, hasn't he? You know, he's he's made, made He's made waves and he's done it in the right way. He's, he's taken the right challenges. It's not just all been about using his thumb on his phone. He's taken the right fights. He's performed when he's had to, and he's made himself a name. And I'm, I'm like you, he's a real good lad, Sonny, isn't he, Steve? Yeah, Says I mean... And a character and we're crying out for characters. Yeah, it just, it's just the way I saw him conduct himself this night around people. I thought, that's how you do it. You make, you know, there was it was genuine when he was interacting with people, you know, and he was enjoying it. And, you know, his fight was, you know, eight, nine, you lose track of time in this pandemic, but it wasn't that long ago. And I said, you look really well. He said, oh, I'm already back training. I'm just waiting. Could be the mandatory next. We don't know. And I just think you're proper. You you get everything you deserve. You're not stupid. You know, for the next two, three years, you're going to be a very, well, it might be impossible to beat you. You're making sure no one can. John, final round over to you. Like father, unlike son, I think. Right. Um, what I want to talk about, Judo Cesar Chavez Jr. It's like kind of really, really popular amongst certain members of the press and public to absolutely slay a fighter when they're not doing, and forget what they've done. Now, if you look at Julio Cesar Chavez Jr., he's either addicted to drugs, he's an alcoholic, or he's having mental health issues, or a combination of all three. That doesn't mean he's not a former world champion who beat John Duddy, who lost on points to Canelo, who beat Andy Lee. You know, they talk about him like he's an absolute joke. In any other aspect of the world, where someone had achieved like really good things, if they was down on their look in a really bad way, I think boxing is the only place where people completely refuse to acknowledge what they've done before and take the piss out of someone who's yeah. obviously having real problems. Chavez Jr. was a world champion. For people who support six-round fighters and area-level fighters, which is fine, but for people to turn around and say, well, he's shit... They'd love the guys that they support to get anywhere close to where he's been to. And I just think to for myself, it's a bit like Audley Harrison. People forget what he did and they label someone who's shit because 
they've had a bit of bad luck or they've gone downhill. No, they were great fighters. Point out the fact that they've lost fights, but also point out that people might be having a bad time in life or they might be seriously abusing alcohol or they might be having mental health issues. Don't fucking put be kind on your social media profile and then absolutely slag the life out of someone who's fucking having a bad time in life, who's achieved great things. Sorry to rant on a bit in no. the final round, but it's really pissed me off. John, when you said that to me today as a topic, we were talking, Chavez, it was one I was thinking of for, for tonight. I think I said to you, to you mentioned him today when we were chatting. There was, and I can't remember the American journalist, otherwise I'd name him. There's not many I follow. Um, I'm not, I'm just, I don't want to name her on. One of them called him a fraud yesterday morning. Um, a fraud of a career. And you know what? That really, and I'm like, John, it really fucked me off. Because it has gone wrong for him ever since he nearly pulled it out of the bag against Martinez that night in the 12th round. It's gone all wrong for him. But, you know, you look at him since then, you know, um, there'll be people watching thinking, ah, are they defending him? You know, you might disagree, um, John Evans there. But, you know, he was too big and strong. Andy Lee said, he's too strong for me. You know, Andy Lee, you know, he was naturally bigger. He stopped him. You know what? He beat that Sebastian Zibic WBC middleweight title. I think Zibic was... 29 or 30 and zero. That's one. I'm not saying, you know, it was, you know, Hagler Hearns, but that's one of the most exciting 12. That was a really ex most exciting middleweight fights for, for a while. That's up there. Really exciting win. John Duddy, even the Rubio win at the time was a good win. It wasn't long after Rubio had done Lemieux. So it's, it's, it's gone really badly wrong for him. And it's, it's a real shame that, you know, he missed weight the other night and tragic to see him lose to Anderson Silva. But before you start calling it a fraud of a career, have a look what he'd done. And also look at the pressure there must have been on him when he was at his peak after what his old man had done, 88, 89 fights unbeaten, you know, really look at the pressure that was on him and whether that's, you know, he's done some, you know, things that doesn't seem right that after, the, you know, a few scandals around him, but look at what he has done as well. You know, he's not an all-time great middleweight champion, but he still won it, beat good men like John Duddy, real popular fighter over it in, in New York. He did beat, it was in Texas where he beat him, I think. But I agree with you, John, and it, I was really glad you brought that topic up because it was, it was it wrangling me after reading a tweet yesterday. Yeah, I, I, I just think that, I've seen a lot of people say, no, he doesn't really want to do it. He was pressured into it. Well, that's some level to get to if you don't want to do it. You know, you know the dedication it takes to get a to get any kind of title shot. And that 12th round against Martinez, when he took a pasting for 11, and a half, 11 rounds to keep up going and keep trying and produce one of the most exciting rounds I've seen, you know, that final 12th round against Martinez was incredible, weren't it? It's just gone wrong since then. That was his career crescendo, wasn't it? And he's just fallen off a cliff since then. You can't excuse losing to Anderson Silva. The guy's 46 no. won one fight in eight years. But that just shows the levels he's plummeted to, doesn't he? Christ knows what he's doing in his personal life. Well, if you watch some of these videos... If he trained, trained in a one. So, if you watch his videos, he's not having a great time. And like I say, people who put be kind on their social media posts and then want, want to rip into someone who's quite obviously having a real major crisis in life. Think about what you're saying sometimes. Yeah, the, the fact that he lost just shows the levels he's plummeted to, doesn't it? Yeah, it, so, it, uh, let's just hope we don't see him again in a boxing ring. And if he has got problems, that he sorts himself right out because there is the help out there for him. The thing is, Steve, the name that got him a few opportunities will continue to get him opportunities and continue to give him the money he'll need to keep these habits going. 
And people, you know what boxing's like. People will use him, won't they? Oh, yeah, look, he's still a name. If you, if you know, look, if you said Chavez Junior was coming to Britain to fight a light heavyweight, it would sell tickets. Yeah, I, I can know? think of a couple of people who'd be who'd have him pretty high on the shortlist to fight at super middle. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you'd have you know the, the name sells. It is you know nepotism works in boxing, and you know it, it undoubtedly helped get him his opportunities in career. But he still got up there. He got there. He was a well. He he won a version of the world middleweight title and beat good men and defended it three Defend, times. Is it three times the defenses? Yeah. So, you know, I, I just feel, I'm like you, John, I, I feel sympathy for him because, you know what, if he has got drug problems, drink problem, you know, it's an illness he's got as well, but you've got to take into consideration. You know, these are illness, addictions and illness. If anybody we knew had the career he's had, we'd all be celebrating him. <laughs> if, we, if any of our boxers or the ones we work with won the world title and defended it three times, we'd be over the fucking moon for him. <laughs> Yet people are calling him a fraud. It's exactly. Only if you look at someone like Darren Barker, we all like Darren. He's a good, good, good guy, isn't he? You know, he, he won it once. Incredible win against Gill. Didn't defend it. But we have him as a hero, don't we? Chavez. Yeah. Look what Chavez did. And there's the comparison. Yeah. It's what the sport is. And, you know, it, it's like any sport now, you know. It's like, you know, going off topic here before we finish. I know we ran over. It's like Harry Kane's had two Tony games for England. He shouldn't be near the team. He's kept the team afloat for the last 60 games he's played. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right, fellas, it's been... John, it's always good having you. You've always got something to say. We'll get you... You're going to come back again in a couple of months and spare us a bit of whenever time. You, whenever you want me, I'll be here, lad. Don't worry about that. Unless, unless Woody's on your case with... A, unless Woody's on your case with a million and one shows he's got planned from September... I've matched them for him. I'm just waiting on the ones that he's not sure if certain lads are on the shows. But all the ones that he's told me the lads are on the shows, they're all matched. Uh, you don't, yeah, you're, here's, a question. here's a question, John, then. Have journeyman's wages gone up because we're all in such high demand now? Um, well, actually, the journeymen are not quite in as demand as you think because a lot of journeymen are packed in because they're not getting the fights. The certain journeymen are getting used every week. Everyone's wages have gone up. But it's not because they're in high demand. It's because people are having to take two and three days off work, including the coaches. Right, yeah. So people are saying, well, I'm not coming. I'll get 120 quid for being the coach. And I'm having to take two days off work to do the bubble. So it's costing me 200 quid in wages. Yeah. So the wages have gone up to make up for that, to be honest. But that's the reason. Not because of the demand, because people are just not as in high demand. You see certain lads are fighting every week. It's just that they're ready and ready to go. Yeah, I was just thinking in, in like September, October, when there's going to be shows here, there, and everywhere. It's going to be few well, and far. You know what? I think we're going to have to um, we're going to have to see some uh, proper fights because a lot of journeymen have, have got older and retired, and we haven't had the year and a half to establish some new journeymen where yeah. they would have had twenty fights and kind of got used to it and got on the road and and got used to like doing what they do. We've suddenly got a gap where those kids have still only had two or three fights and they're still quite ambitious. So hopefully we'll see some fights where it's not guys who've had 40 fights against guys we won. It'll be guys who've had one fight against guys with four fights and they're both bringing something to the table. Fingers crossed, that's what I want to see. I mean, the, the big thing, I mean, I don't know, I, I don't have the ball to give any directive here. Surely, John, that, you know, it, there's going to be big issues, though, if... Um, they're going to insist after September, whatever sh it all shows, that boxers have to be in a bubble the day before a fight. 
Well, do you know what? The way I see, if the whole country is allowed to be out because there's no risk, how can the board insist that the, the, the boxers have got to be in a bubble? Yeah. You might as well insist they've got to be in the bubble for the, the, the plague or fucking <laughs> smallpox. Uh, I, I just don't I just don't get it. I mean, I know you're not, I don't mean you're a football man, John. One of the Scotland players tested positive today. So the two English players who um, put his, their arm around him after the game, they've got to isolate and can't play tomorrow. Um, whereas all his Scottish mates who were cuddling him after the game can play. Uh, it's, you know what? No, I, I, so, it's, just, that's football. So it just wouldn't surprise me if this continued with boxing where you could be, you could have a small old show with Woody at bowlers or somewhere or Oldham Leisure Centre up the road here and you've got to have guys in the hotel from a Thursday night. It just isn't going to work because small oil promoters are on such small margins. That's right. And how can you have the, the hotel you, you're isolating in is completely normal because the hotel ain't going to do it once the bubble's gone outside. How can you have the shops are completely normal? How can you have the transports completely normal? But then we get into a bubble at the boxing show. It, it doesn't even make sense and if if they try and put that forward, it's going to just look stupid. It's going to be like, well, we can do everything normal. And then when we get to the boxing show, we've got to pretend we're isolating because the rest of the world's gone back to normal. If the world's back to normal, then boxing's got to go back to normal. Simple as that. Yeah, but I just hope so. Anyway, John, thanks very much for joining us from Birmingham tonight and uh, enjoy the rest of your week with the lads in the gym. And well done with Sam Egerton again the other week, by the way. Yeah, he, uh, he broke the Mexican curse, didn't he? Yeah. All them Mexicans coming over here and beating our lads. We made sure Sam broke the curse. Yeah, what a pro. What a pro he is. When you talk proper pros out there now, he's up there, mate, as number one proper pro. Yeah, he, uh, you know, he's, he's an old school guy. Losses for him are just learning how to be a better fighter. And he's showing that. You know, he, he might not have beat Molina without some of them losses where he learned different things. And he's just a great example to a, I say any young fighter, he's only 27. I know, he's yeah. He's a great example to any pro that you don't give up and you keep learning. And if you do that, if you've got a bit about you and you've got the, the right kind of backing, you'll come good in the end, do you know what I mean? Anything, you got anything to say, Mr. Evans, before we go? No, I've got just one last quick one on Eggington then. What's, what weight, what weight will he... Continue at title level at Johnny. Is it? Are you open to offers at any of the two weights or? Yeah, any of them. It, while he's got that title, he might make some defenses on the top of the bill on Hennessy shows yeah. because it's a nice title to defend. Um, I don't think he'll box any of the elite middleweights because when he got back in the ring, Sam was about eleven stone ten. Oh. Melina was close to thirteen stone, and he's not even a big middleweight. So, the really hard stuff will be at light middle. But while he can defend that title at middle. Sam don't care, you know, it, it, to him it's just a fight, but you could see he couldn't kind of wrestle Molina about quite so easily, and he yeah. says to me afterwards, he said he was at least a stone heavier than me, and somebody seen him on the checking on the scales, he was about 195 pounds, and he's not even a big middleweight, you know what I mean? Yeah, wow. All right then, fellas, well, thanks a lot there, thanks John Pegg and John Evans, thanks as always, mate, I'll catch you, Mr Evans, in the week, I hope. Yeah, no worries, Steve, see you, John. Nice one, chap, see you soon. Cheers, fellas. For all boxing, info, news and latest interviews, Amateur and Pro, across and off, click on subscribe. VIP, boxing promotions. Also, Twitter, Instagram and Facebook.